be a refuge for great geeks Cause round here we don't gatekeep We don't care for the hate speech That's why we ain't mainstream So we linked up on the same team No heights we can't reach We are fan, we're hearts true If you feel the same, sing along too Say great geek, great geek Refuge, refuge Great geek, great geek Refuge, refuge Don't be a juice bag Cause round here we don't do that Don't be a juice bag Cause round here we don't do that Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At the Diner here on the Great Geek Refuge, or the GGR Pirate Radio Network, as we affectionately refer to it as. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am the editor-in-chief of the website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Make sure you check it out. I've got my co-hosts here for this episode of At the Diner. We've got Mr. MC Brooks. We've got Mr. James Rambo. And then our special guest we have, and joining us again after the last episode, we've got Mr. Ulysses E. Campbell of Fantastic Forum. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this episode. Thank you. Happy to be here. This is the reason why we're doing this episode. We're, we're going to be talking about the recasting of characters. The reason why we're doing this is, and, and honestly, like it really ties in with another episode that we had recently uh, where Mr. Campbell was a, a guest and he brought something up about um, the Black Panther character mm-hmm. and how necessary it is to recast uh, T'Challa because of how important this character is. And I think that it's we, we, we were very respectful of the passing of Chadwick Boseman because it was a gut punch to all of us because honestly, I don't think anybody actually knew he was sick. Like other than his like immediate family, is that is that pretty accurate? Like, did anybody know he was actually sick? No, I believe so. I think that was one of the best kept secrets in Hollywood. Yeah, like the the Marvel's executives almost certainly knew, but beyond that, no. Like Kevin I, Feige I, knew. I don't know that. I don't know that they actually knew. I think that. Um, uh, damn, what's his face? Who um, Ryan Coogler? I'm pretty sure he's the only one who knew among those guys i think that's possible but i'm i'm inclined to say that Feige probably knew if for no other reason uh scheduling um because while he was sick he was definitely having to do a lot of time um recovering from chemo and various other things um so i'm inclined to believe that at least some of one of the higher ups one of the producers probably knew um I was gonna say, what? Well, uh, the sources at THR say that no one at Marvel knew he was sick, not even Kevin Feige. Wow. It was only it was only a very small handful of people who knew, including his agent, his trainer, uh, his producing partner, um, and the the director of Forty Two. Hey, I. Okay, so they're saying even Ryan Coogler didn't know. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah, he apparently didn't. He didn't tell. He didn't tell Marvel he was sick. Which, you know, now that I hear that, that makes a lot of sense because what is the likelihood that Marvel Comics is going to be, or Marvel Studios is going to be like, great, you should headline one of our movies. Well, I don't think he was sick when he did Black Panther. I mean, at least not, I mean, I, I, not having any idea when he was diagnosed, you know, but, um, I'm just I'd be surprised if it was, um, you know, before. I mean, I think it was relatively soon before he died. I mean, like within like two years. And that would put it like just outside of, uh, you know, when he was working on Black Panther. Yeah. Kevin Feige didn't find out until an hour before he passed. My God. Holy shit. And and he, he said he was sending an email. He didn't he didn't even see it when like. When, when it was sent. He found out when everyone else found out. So I think it's important to point out here with this too, that because honestly, that was, I mean, that's a revelation to me. I, I think it's important to point out then the knee-jerk reaction from a lot of people was to not recast because nobody knew. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, I, I think that that had something to do with it because didn't Ryan Coogler even say that he wasn't going to for Black Panther 2? Yeah. Marvel pretty much. I mean, I don't remember the the statement, but they pretty much implied that they weren't they for specifically for Black Panther two they weren't going to recast the character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just looking something up. It said that he um, 
and I'm not sure where this is from, but it was from uh, November of 2020 that, oh, actually, excuse me, there's a statement. Uh, I guess this was the statement that, uh, you know, his people released, but he was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2016 and had battled it for four years as it progressed to stage four. So, yeah. um, so that sounds like he may, cause black Panther was released in 2018. So, um, he was in the, well, he was stage three. He knew, but he was still able to function while he was getting treatment apparently. Yeah. Cause, cause it said that he, he, up, and it, up until a week before he passed, he thought he was like, he was going to be fine. That everything was progressing the way it was supposed to. That he'd be he'd be able to you know do, to to make his commitment to Black Panther two and whatever else he had he had lined up. And it wasn't until the week before that uh, he began to realize that you know his his time left was was limited. Mm. Yeah. But certainly for Civil War, he you know it was fine. You know yeah. it's like oh fuck it I can do this. Yeah. 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 That's crazy though. Um. So I mean now now that we've we've established this it's it's important and uh, Yuli I mean I'm not going to take your words and use them but I mean I'll allow you to do it like this is a very important character and you had brought that up on a, on a prior episode and what is it specifically about Black Panther that's so important that we need T'Challa again that we can't have it the 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 mantle be passed to somebody else. Well, okay. I mean, and for me as a old time comics fan, um, you know, because the Black Panther was the first uh, black superhero that Marvel Comics came out with. I mean, you know, now the Falcon was the first American black superhero, but Black Panther predated him. And of course, you make the distinction, you know, since he's an African king. Uh, But it, it was the phenomenon – part of the reason that I say what I do, I mean, aside from the character's significance in the history of Marvel Comics, is the phenomena that was that Black Panther movie in the African-American community because – uh, and, and Nate Moore knew something you know, with this. It's part of the reason that he fought for the inclusion of the Black Panther in Civil War as this bridge character that they needed. Because the reception of uh, for Black Panther in the African-American community, I mean, this, this film was so broadly embraced by the African-American community. I mean, you had people like, like, your 78-year-old grandmother who didn't care about Marvel movies went to see this movie. You know, I mean, it was like, wow. Yep. I mean, you know, it, it, the the end, the fact that the superhero phenomena and the Marvel superhero phenomena specifically is has become such an integral part of American pop culture. And to have a black superhero, whether he's African or not, but to have, and that was kind of cool too, because it was like, oh, he's from the mother country and check this out. I mean, he's brilliant. He's a king. He's rich. I mean, you know, there's all this stuff that, you know, made him something that, uh, you know, people could uh, look to and aspire to and be inspired by. And so, the the character himself, and then the fact that it made over seven hundred million dollars <laughs> domestically, you know, it's, it turned out to be one of the most lucrative films that Marvel had done, and especially when you look at the pantheon of these characters, I mean, you just can't deny the cultural impact of this particular character, and so it's it's because of that unprecedented cultural impact that I say what I do and uh, as, as, and I, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I absolutely, I mean, it's a huge tragedy about Chadwick Boseman and I respected his work so much. And as a fellow Howard, Howardite, you know, he went to Howard university, you know, and it's like, Oh damn, I liked you before, but damn, you know, it's like you went to Howard, damn, check you out, you know? So, uh, but what, what the character means to American black culture, uh, I think uh, makes him so significant that 
you don't want the tragedy of Chadwick Boseman's death to rob black America of this character. And particularly when you look historically at superheroes and how uh, some of the most established characters that came along in the late 1930s, I mean, characters or the, or the early 40s or what have you, like Superman and Batman and Captain America and, you know, these characters, how they have how they have lived on. You know, I mean, this is this is like I, I've argued uh, many times that comic books are uh, one of the tr one of the few truly American art forms. And these characters are modern day mythology, uh, particularly for Americans. And you look at again, because of the longevity of the characters, so many different men have played Superman and Batman in the movies and on radio and on television, you know, that the characters themselves are larger than life. And even though on occasion there have been particular artists who have been associated with the characters, the characters themselves are bigger than the individuals who, who have brought them to life. Uh, you know, so and in, in some cases who have brought them to life so well as to help cement their legacies in the minds of the viewing public. And so part of what I say is, you know, let's let's extend that degree of deference to the Black Panther. I mean, yeah, I understand Chadwick Boseman is the first performer to have uh, played this character and that is the, the, you know, likely going forward. I mean, you know, that is going to be the performance that is remembered. But let's not let's not let this tragedy have us lose this character, you know, because it, the character should be bigger than the man, just like all these other characters are. And so, you know, I mean, because, hey, you know, we had uh, the tragedy of losing Christopher Reeve. And even though he had stopped playing the character, I mean, you know, it's not like, oh, now Superman is dead. We can't ever do a movie with Superman again. You know, I mean, this is issue. In fact, when George Reeves actually would have been a better uh, example of that, George Reeves was playing the character on television in The Adventures of Superman. Uh, when he, well, you know, some people say committed suicide, but died under questionable circumstances. And, you know, they had canceled that show, but that didn't mean that there was going to be no more Superman ever again. So what I say is, yeah, you know, it, it, it's extremely painful for right now. And let's take a step back and uh, mourn this tremendous young actor who, frankly, played a lot of significant characters. I mean, you look at Jackie Robinson and uh, Thurgood Marshall and, you know, some of the other characters that he played and, uh, you know, the work that he did that will continue to live on that people love. But, you know, let's also honor him by allowing this character that he uniquely brought to life to continue to live and to thrive and to inspire generations of uh, not only African-Americans, but, you know, other people who think that this is just a kick-ass great character, you know? So, and I'm sorry, I mean, I didn't mean to, you know, kind of get up on the soapbox, but, you know, this is, it, it's a big thing to me. And I, and I really want to see Marvel make the right decision. And, you know, so yeah, there's honoring the man, you know, but then there's <laughs> destroying the character. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, and we can we can honor the man without destroying the character. And I think that's what's important here. Well, and what I yeah. wanted to ask too, MC. Yeah, I was literally going to ask you a question, but yeah, if you just want to run with it, man, go ahead. Oh no, well I'd say I, I had a question for you, Lee, before before I go. Um, how would you feel if instead of specifically recasting T'Challa, they chose another character from I guess the history? Of Black Panther to just pick up the mantle, like they made him a, a younger person in Wakanda, and they somehow ascended to the the throne. Would would you be okay with that, or would you prefer to keep to to keep the character as T'Challa going forward? Well, they they actually did this in the comics because uh, T'Challa at one point 
uh, relinquished the mantle of the Black Panther. I mean, he still wore a suit and, you know, he, he had these powers and, uh, you know, ran around and did stuff. But he was no, I mean, the Black Panther is a ceremonial role in, uh, in, in the nation of Wakanda. And, um, you know, accompanied, you know, with the role is, uh, you know, being the monarch. And uh, so... I, I, I just don't want to see the character die. If you want to have him relinquish the role and I mean the character T'Challa and they put somebody else in the ceremonial role. I mean, as long as T'Challa is still running around somewhere, I, you know, I, I could accept that. I mean, partially because that actually happened in the comic. I mean, now, mm-hmm. eventually what always happens is he comes back around and resumes that position. You know, and and I feel like you could do that, too. But again, it's it's it, this this loss is so fresh and hurt so much because this was this was the only guy who had ever played that role. And he right. had become, you know, so associated with it, um, you know, so while again, that wouldn't necessarily be my preference, but I absolutely think you could do it and uh, and get away with it. Um so I, I and I hope that answers the question. Oh no 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 it, it does because, um, you know like I, I've seen all throughout social media the you know this debate happening about what they should do with the Black Panther character and I'm seeing it pop up a lot more now that you know some time has passed and you know we're not being inundated with articles and tributes and and whatnot to to Chadwick and I think. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think it'd be a huge disservice to, to let the character die. And honestly, I, I I think, you know, if Chadwick had a say-so, he would probably be okay with someone else picking up the mantle because he himself mm-hmm. saw how important this character was uh, to so many people, even people who, who aren't fans of Marvel and, and don't keep up with comics or the MCU or, or anything like that. Like the, the entire like Black Panther was a was a moment and it was a moment I don't think Marvel or literally anybody expected to happen. And because it was such a, it was such a huge moment, like it was obvious they were going to do a, a, a sequel to it. It was obvious that they were going to try to expand and, and hopefully do more. Like I, I'm, I'm almost certain that Black Panther probably would have been a big part of whatever plans they had for Phase Four and Phase Five, and for whatever the next Avengers film ends up being, because he was such a, a big character from the moment he was introduced in Civil War to the solo film to infinity war and when he when he when uh he returned in endgame like it you could just you could just tell that like it didn't matter who you were like this character really jumped off the screen at you and like i said i don't think marvel you know like was prepared for this character gaining the 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 popularity and notoriety that that it got. I mean, the movie was still in theaters when Infinity War <laughs> went went to theaters, which is kind of crazy to think about because that was what four th- almost uh, three months later when Infinity mm-hmm. War premiered, something like that. Yeah. Um. So, I, I for for all the reasons you listed, it just, it just makes a ton of sense. Like, to 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 bring someone in to either replace T'Challa or to to be recast as T'Challa or, you know, let someone else, maybe an original character or someone else who has had the mantle just come in, come in and do it because you can't afford to, to, to lose this character um, just because the, the actor, actor passed. And, and I'm okay with them not doing it for Black Panther 2. Like, sure, you know, you, you, you have to figure out a, a script you know, you, you, you're planning to shoot it sometime this year. Like, okay, that's fine. But more than likely, there's going to be a Black Panther 3. We know they just announced a Wakanda show for uh, for Disney+. Plus. It's going to be coming. And it's going to, if you don't answer the, t- the T'Challa question of whether he's just recast or you kill him off and let someone else take on the mantle or whatever you decide to do with it, it's going to be hard to do like a Wakanda show without black panther being part of that yeah it's going to be hard sure. to, it's going to be hard to regardless of what happens in uh black panther 2 it'll be hard to do uh an avengers film let alone black panther 3 without acknowledging this character so mm. i personally just think yeah you know let let some time pass you know 
let you know do your second movie you know then you know maybe in another year or two you know start looking at care start looking at people you could potentially bring in to perhaps you know take over take over this mantle the the question that i had for you is i i haven't really seen an argument for why they shouldn't i mean like other than like out of respect for him is there is there any anything other than that or is that all we're really seeing here no it's it's well, that one's pretty oh go ahead you no please no 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 uh, mc please. no no the only arguments i've seen is is just paying respect to chadwick because he was a phenomenal actor he like yuli said he played a ton of iconic characters um in in throughout his career so because he was so monumental with who with uh, his introduction of T'Challa and, and the Black Panther character to the MCU, that is basically just you know being respectful and just doing that. Because from a lot of the blurred groups I'm in, a lot of people are just saying, "Hey, uh, let Shuri take over," because she t- apparently took over in the comics. Let Shuri take take over as the Black Panther. And just move forward with whatever your plans were from there. Yeah, and the only thing I could add to that is, um, yeah, that's the reason. But it's a pretty powerful reason. I mean, yeah. and it's fueled by the the, the grief that people yeah. are feeling, you know. And uh, again, which is extremely powerful, and and it's very real. And you know, but my feeling is, as with anybody who is in a very fragile emotional state. You don't want to make any major decisions while your judgment is compromised by that fragile emotional state. You know, while you are so raw and hurting from, you know, such a a, a profound loss. And so that's why I, I totally support you know, this, this next movie I hear, in fact, in fact, even the, the TV series kind of world of Wakanda. I mean, let's, let's explore some other parts of this great nation, you know, see some other people there, right? mm-hmm. you know, that it's, Hey, it, there's a whole lot of stuff you can show. I mean, and I, in fact, what I had heard initially was that black Panther two was supposed to be more something like that, you know? Uh, so, and I don't know what's going to happen now that they've got this TV series that's, that's going to be coming out. But, um, but the key is, uh, you know, let's let's hit pause for just a moment and not make any rash decisions about the direction we're going to take and give it a little time and then see what seems reasonable. Because, uh, I mean, I can absolutely say with great certainty that there are any number of African-American performers who could step into this role and uh, and make it their own. And uh, I mean, I'm not saying that it would be easy, but what I'm saying is, is that there are some there are some performers who are dedicated professionals who would, uh, you know, bring dignity and strength to the role and, uh, you know, likely would be able to uh, to honor uh, the portrayal that Chadwick Boseman established for this character. So um, I don't see any reason why you why you wouldn't want to do that. And, you know, why the Black Panther should be any less than any of these other superheroes. And part of the reason that I uh, that's something that I say is uh, and it's it's not that I'm trying to create dissension, but I really do think that, you know, some of the people who are advocating for the role not to be recast need to look at that and like hey wait let's compare this black superhero with some of these white superheroes and why do you want to take away the black superhero because the actor who portrayed him died wait a minute that's not what happens with these white dudes you know so what are we talking (laughs) about here you know and if that's the only way to get somebody to think about something you know it's like oh wait damn you're right oh well okay wait a minute yeah we can't do that at all you know so yeah. um, we've, had, wanna... we've had more than we've had a couple of men play Superman for a couple of different Batman. I mean, they've been talking about recasting. <laughs> they've been talking about uh, uh, rebooting Superman now, whether that's with Henry or with uh, with a, a black actor to do Val Zod or or whomever. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, oh, you got two guys playing the flash simultaneously. Technically, technically, yeah. Cavill isn't officially out of the DCEU. So you technically have two Supermen, one in the movies, one in the TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually more Both than two yeah. Supermen, sorry, more than two Flashes, because you got the Golden Age Flash aside from these <laughs> two Silver Age Flash guys. Yeah, you know. So, hey, what are we talking about here? You know, I mean. So the, the, the other question that I have for you guys with this one is, and Rambo, um, you haven't really gotten a chance to, to weigh in too much on this one. Um, what other characters need to be recast? I mean, I can give you my chip in right, right now with this one. I am so sick of Star Wars fans thinking that Mark <laughs> Hamill and Harrison Ford are untouchable. And it, it, it is irritating to me because they're both getting old and it's not fair for something that's been around for 50 years now to, or it'll be 50 years in, um, uh, 77. Yeah. So we still got a little bit, but I mean, we're closing in on 50 years of star Wars here. Mm. It's, it's unrealistic, but not only is it unrealistic, it, think of the burden that was put on the Mandalorian. You're going to have a Jedi come and like should i give a spoiler alert for this i don't know and even like it's been like like three months just fucking get over it like yeah luke skywalker shows up at the end of season two of the mandalorian and like what oh my god i can't believe you (laughs) told me mike oh my god seriously rosebud's the sled (gasps) what um it really i didn't like the cgi and i've watched it I don't know, eight million times, because um, <laughs> that scene is fucking dope, by the way. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't like the CGI Luke face at all, and it's not because it's like, oh, it looks so fake, oh, it looks this, it looks that. I don't give a shit about that. Like, what what I give a shit about is the fact that that Disney was so gun shy about doing something different with Luke, having an actual new actor play him, because of the way fans acted when they had. Um, I can't remember the guy's name now that played uh, Han in uh, Solo. Alden uh, Ehrenreich. Thank you. Yeah. He yeah. was good, too. Yeah, yeah. but but he, he, was wasn't, but he wasn't Harrison Ford. And I'm just not going to be able to watch Han Solo if he's not Harrison. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I would have loved to have seen a young actor. And, like, I get it. Everybody's like, oh, right. Sebastian Stan looks yeah, like he's Luke right there. Then say yeah. Sebastian Stan is right there. He's yeah. in the house. Or get somebody else. And you want to know why? Because it shouldn't matter. It really shouldn't fucking matter. They had no problem replacing. Um, why can't I remember the guy that played Rhodey in the first movie? Terrence. Um, yeah, Terrence Howard. Howard. Thank yeah. you, Terrence Howard. They, they had no problem fucking replacing him in a heartbeat. Well, because don't because get too big issues with, with regard to money. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's death happens? and then there's money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, his contract called for him to get a certain amount of money. And he wouldn't take less. You know, yeah. it's like, wait, this is what I signed for. You know, because bear in mind, when when that first Iron Man movie came out, he was I mean, despite the fact that Robert Downey Jr. had had a career. I mean, Terrence Howard was the biggest current actor who was in that movie, you know, and he was apparently compensated like that. And so, you know, when whatever contract he signed, when that second movie rolled around and they wanted to renegotiate and he's like, I have to do that. You know, and they're like, okay, well, you know, we don't have to keep you. <laughs> You're right. You I, don't I, have Perlmutter to. specifically said, we'll find another black guy. Wow. <sighs> Not wrong. You know, the, um, no, that's right. But the more interesting <laughs> thing to me with that was that, oh, you know, right. they found Don Cheadle because you wouldn't, or, I mean, and they're both great actors, but I wouldn't ordinarily see Don Cheadle playing a role that Terrence Howard would play. I mean, I would just think that you'd go in a different direction. And so that was and vice versa. You know, it's something that, you know, you Don Cheadle, it's like, well, I don't know. It's the right role for Terrence Howard. But yet somehow Don Cheadle made it work. Although I got to confess, I still miss Terrence Howard. You know, and I wish that I wish that, uh, you know, they'd have just paid him. But I can also tell you that from a business standpoint and it's really jacked up. I mean, and in fact, um, I remember, um, you know, talking to uh, um, crap uh, guy who played um, 
guy who played Steve Lombard in Man of Steel. And uh, oh, I'm going to shit. Um, yeah, wait a minute. Um, uh, it'll come it? to me in a second. It'll come to me in a second. Crap. Um, uh, Michael, Michael Kelly, Michael Kelly. So um, because <laughs> happened to run into him in the restroom uh, one day we were shooting House of Cards. That's what I thought. And, yeah. 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 And so, yeah. And so, awesome. and, but I, and I was, that was, oh, dude, I love your work. And da, 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 da. And, 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 but anyway, because we're washing our hands. It's not like we were at the urinals or anything. You know, so um, you know, got to explain that based on what I said about meeting. So, but I asked him about uh, Man of Steel. And I was like, hey, are you coming, you know, either, it was either, because he he wasn't coming back to the role, and what he said was was that his agent told him not to take that part because they wanted to pay him less than what he usually gets, but he wanted to be in a Superman movie, so he's like, yeah, I'll take it. But his agent told him, don't do it because what's going to happen is the next movie they're going to offer you less because you accepted less. And he said his agent was absolutely right about that shit, you know. And I was like, "Oh, wow, that's fucked up," you know. I mean, so, like, do you, um, you make know. your choices in your career based on what you want to do, or do you focus on what's going to pay the best? Well, sometimes uh, you you need to focus on what's actually going to pay the best, particularly if I mean, because there's what you want to do. But then there's what you're paid also. I mean, what you oh, want to do might be fun, but ultimately, I mean, oh, and think about this. You, you've you gotten to a certain level as an actor where you're going to get X, but then because it's something you want to do, you accept Y. And they, you know, for other things, they would have paid you X, but then you accept Y. I mean, <laughs> well, of course, if I'm the producer, I'm going to be like, oh, well, he took Y for this. I'm going to offer you Y too. I ain't offering you X because I saw that you work for Y. And that's like, Damn, that's I mean, it's just fucked up. But it's but th that's why they call it show business. You know, people get hung up on the show part. It's a business, you know, and that's why I mean, and, and let me tell you something. Performers need to keep all of that in mind as you're looking at what you do. I mean, because it's 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 your livelihood. And there's a point where you have to I mean, it's like shoot any kind of work. I mean, all of a sudden. Your office job. I mean, you know, you want to, I don't know, you want to do like a side job or something. And they're like, okay, well, we'll pay you this, which is less than, you know, what your regular rate is to do your regular job. And then you go back to your regular job and they're like, oh, well, but you took less over here. Now we want to pay you less. You know, and it's like, wait a minute, but that's not what you were paying me this. You know, what are you talking about? I mean, it's just, it's not fair. It's not right. So I want to ask you guys, are there any roles that are unrecastable. No. Like, thank you. <laughs> well, it depends. It, it doesn't. depends. It does. no. I would love to hear an example. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, okay, here's the thing. So uh, now, I would have, at one point, I would have said uh, some of those original Star Trek character roles were uncastable. But then, after, after a certain period of time, and particularly after Star Trek The Next Generation, and I was one of the first advocates for this. I'm like, you know what? They could absolutely recast these roles if they wanted to go back and do some, like, stories about old Star Trek. Now, um, you know, what I was going to say, though, was uh, – because the only way that a role is recastable, and it comes, comes sort of comes down to the Black Panther thing, is is it recastable in the minds of the fans? Will fans accept somebody else in this other role. And we're not talking about like Bewitched when they swap out Dick Sargent for Dick York, you know, after five years. I mean, you know, something like that uh, Luke Skywalker that is, you know, in these films that have become so iconic and part of the popular culture, you know, which is why, I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, the only thing, if you have Sebastian Stan show up at the end of that Mandalorian episode, you know, you better have somebody be like, are you a Jedi? And he's, yes, I'm called Luke Skywalker. Because you ain't going to know who the fuck he is if he don't say that. Even yeah, if he's wearing the black mean. outfit with a glove and the know, green man. saber and R2-D2 right there with him. You know, so but but here's the thing, though. What they did to get around all that, they just advanced the story. You know, they're like, oh, well, we're going to do these. We're, we're going to, you know, bring in these new characters and transition out. The old characters, you know, which is also what you can do sometimes. But, 
you know, if you ultimately, I actually, you know, Rambo, you're you're right. But if you, my caveat is, if you wait long enough, you can recast because ultimately the people who were, and this is unfortunately what has to happen sometimes, but the people who become wed to a particular actor playing that role, they age out, you know, to where it's, I mean, hell, you've had new Hawaii Five O. You've had new Magnum P.I. I mean, even though I thought that Magnum P.I. was a really questionable thing. But, you know, it, when you can do stuff like that, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, hell, you have new Star Trek now, you know, I mean, so because the stuff has been around so long, the old actors are dead or dying or senile or whatever. And the fans are dead or dying or senile or whatever. And, uh, you know, and you're very close to that, honestly with uh with star wars and a lot of the people now who are the biggest fans were kids when this shit came out you know i mean it's like damn okay i mean you know we're talking about people who might have been like eight years old seeing like the last one in the theaters or something you know i mean don't even remember the first one except from seeing it on tv or whatever so anyway i mean it's 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 a it's an interesting dynamic because i think if you do something good and somehow you can get the audience to accept it because that was what happened with Star Wars. I mean, sorry, excuse me, Star Trek. I mean, those new Star Trek movies made way more money than the old Star Trek movies did. And so in the eyes of the studio, this was a success because, again, <laughs> whether it's a critical success or whatever, I mean, money is how you gauge whether or not you're going to keep doing this stuff. And by that barometer – the studio is like, hey, Paramount's like, hey, what's not to like? Back, maybe we can make some more money off this stuff. Let's put some of this shit on some streaming channels. Oh, hey, whoa, what? There was Jeff Hunter who played this other guy? Well, let's see if we can do something with him, you know? How else can we wring a buck out of this franchise, you know? I mean, give it give it enough time, you're going to have somebody else playing John Rambo, you know? It'll be like, oh, no more Sylvester Stallone. Although it was very clever what they did with that franchise, too. Oh, we're going to I mean, we're going to age you out. We're going to bring in this new guy. Oh, turns out Apollo Creed had a kid. Yeah. And he and he and he boxes. Oh, well, you know, oh, we're going to have Apollo Creed's kid fight the kid of Yvonne Drago who killed Apollo Creed. How about that? You know, I mean, so so there are clever ways. And if you can advance the story in a clever way, but then give it a few more years, maybe we'll have, you know, the, the new version of Rocky. You know, or something See, like that. The thing that I, that gets me though is like, it doesn't. Isn't there a line at some point where it's like, why do we have to recast this character and rehash the same stories over and over again? So we'll use, I'll use, you know, no slight towards our co-host, Mister Rambo, but we'll use Rambo as an example. Why do we need that character? What is it about that particular character other than the name recognition? Because if you if you want a movie about like just a veteran committing acts of wanton violence, I mean that's there's lots of options for that, you know. And like I, I feel like the commentary in the first one in First Blood was was a great commentary for its time. But like you can update it. A perfect example would be that RoboCop movie, which I watched recently. The the updated version that Rambo you were mentioning on a prior podcast, mm-hmm. like it's not awful. And I, I love really do. I really enjoy it. I really love the first one. The first, I think the first one is one of my favorite movies of all time because I love oh, the commentary. Oh yeah, that absolutely. It has. But like, it's a different movie. It's the it's same not, concept, it, but it's a different movie. It's not trying to be what Verhoeven's movie was, at least in terms of like they're not rehashing the same jokes. They're not going over the same um, like specific beats. But they are hitting the 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 they're hitting the same beats, but not in the same way. Like there's still plenty of um, like very self-aware um, commentary about modern society. About um, I mean, it's it's still very satirical. Um, it leans a little more on the action movie thing, um, but yeah, like it's it's. I think it does what any good remake uh, does in terms of it's establishing itself as its own thing. It is taking, um, it's asking very smart and logical questions and answering them clearly and simply. Um, like the fact that you know when uh, uh, when he escapes from the plant, 
he's in China because of course he would be. That's where they would build him. Why wouldn't they do that there? Um, because like that's the global superpower now for manufacturing. Um, so there's there's a lot of smart commentary throughout it. Um, and I was Katie asked me a question the other day uh, <laughs> about um, nerd culture specifically and specifically about nerd culture, but like broadly about it as well. And it was, why are geeks so mad all the time? <laughs> like, there's Great nothing question. that makes people, like, like nerds happy. Like, there's, there's always something to complain about. There's always something to gripe about. And the, what, <laughs> the answer I had was, um, so much of our culture is um, based in people tying their identities to things they like um or, or things they hate uh and so when you criticize those things when you disagree with those people you get backlash because it's not i'm not talking about how i don't like star wars i'm talking about how i don't like you um and a lot of folks who are that vocal about things um like that is a huge part of who they are it's not i'm someone who like sci-fi it's like no, no no i am a mark hamill stan and so therefore if you don't like him you don't like me um and i think that all kind of ties back to a, a big part of like i i i was very conscious about not saying anything while you and uh, well yuli and mc were talking about uh black panther because i am a white dude and they were talking about something very serious and very uh uh particular in terms of how it affects the black community and that perspective. But I think there's also a given perspective with regard to some of those same people having that attachment. It's not, I don't think it's just, I think that is absolutely a huge part of it in terms of the symbol that he represents as that character um, in terms of why people don't, don't want to recast. But I think they're also, it also comes back to the baseline of well that's not my batman like there, i hate that phrase by the there way there could there could Ugh. be no joker after jack nicholson until heath ledger there could be no joker after heath ledger and like i'm not going to say leto you know you served him on that but point being when when you have these characters these people who set these standards in these in terms of these characters the first person um, is going to be the one most often pointed to as the best, regardless of quality or performance, regardless of what comes after the fact, because they originated it. Like, I love Michael Keaton. I think Michael Keaton, ba Keaton's Batman is dope. But is he the best Batman? That's the default. That's what so often people say. Um, and I'm not taking attack one way or the other on that. But when you know for for a huge amount of people there are multiple generations where for them the first time they saw a live action batman it was the tim burton one um so yeah i i don't think other than adam west yeah well i mean and like there's there's a great episode of the goldbergs about that where adam and his grandfather go and see the burton batman and pops is expecting the adam west like he's he's like batman was fun and silly and he watches Burton's and he's like, what is going on? This is really dark and violent and creepy. Um, and it's, you know, you have two different generations looking at the same concept through completely different lenses. Um, and I think there's something really important about what, what Yuli said in terms of a lot of those fans, like, you know, slowly but surely aging out of things. Because, well, like, I think about when, um, how, how I was so immediately like irritated with the youths and at the same time the youths yeah you know really two, really two youths <laughs> really really what, what's the um, youth <laughs> at the same time really um heartened by the fact that when ryan reynolds was cast as green lantern there was this big backlash online from younger folks who were like, I can't believe they whitewashed Green Lantern. <laughs> because for that generation of people, Jon Stewart is the Green Lantern. Um, so the idea that they would have this white dude show up 
It's like, no, this is bullshit. Um, and, and it's really cool to see the way um, legacy carries forward uh, uh, in in this in these meet in the uh, these different media. Um, so yeah, like like it wasn't it wasn't a joke when I said no that there's no there's there's no role that's that's unrecastable that you can't bring someone else in for. Um, and for me, it, it comes down to no one performance is the only performance. I think Rambo is a bad example specifically because the character of John Rambo, like, like you said, Mike is so particular in what it represents. Like John Rambo is a Vietnam veteran and it's, and it's a story about like it, it became this big, crazy action fest, but it's a story about how, you know, the country really dropped the fucking ball, like to the point of spiking it in terms of, um, you know, how we treated soldiers at, like post Vietnam. Um, particularly when you had, you know, the greatest generation and they're coming back and being hailed as heroes. And this dude comes home and all he wants to do is go and find his friends. And he keeps running to, to all these places where they're all dead. Like they've all committed suicide or drunk themselves to death. Um, and it just, you know, wackiness ensues. Um, <laughs> but you know, characters like Batman, characters like Superman, like what Yuli said earlier, they're myth, they're uh, mythological. Um, and there's no one per like in, in the same way that like, like you may as well say no one can write Batman after Bill Finger, you know, everybody who's written Batman, it's all fan fiction because the only true Batman writer is Bill Finger. It's like, that's a stance to take. But uh, you're going to miss out on, like, 85 years worth of stories, if that's really how you feel. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, 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 I understand. I think what we need to do culturally as, as uh, sci-fi and fantasy geeks, as, as comic geeks, is realize that just because something is significant to you, it doesn't mean that a new version of it undoes the previous version yeah. like yeah. nobody was going around deleting like 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 nobody was taking magnets to people's blu-rays when the new, new ghostbusters came out <laughs> like you can still watch that movie a thousand times have no fear um and this whole thing of like you know like when jason Reitman said he's like oh we're, we're giving it back to the fans first of all fuck you um like where do you get off implying that anyone who one anyone who liked that movie wasn't a fan and two, um, only real fans like the like like you only like the original. You don't like the new one. That's a real dick thing to say, dude. Yeah. Um, that's that's my big thing with this. And honestly, like painting with broad brushes here, across the board, that's my feeling on just about everything. And I say that, then there's I'm sure there's some exceptions, but like for the most part, like I don't really get hung up on stuff like that like i i like seeing new innovative ways of doing things like we talked mm -hmm. about wandavision and like the reason <clears throat> some people are like oh i really like it because it added all this mythos and it added all this it added all this you know what i liked i did because it was fucking weird i liked it because <laughs> it did things that nothing that no other show had done i liked that it tried a different narrative form it was like we're gonna do this and this is her way of coping with shit i was like this is fucking great i love it um, same thing with like, I I know I'm gonna get like a, a a boo from MC Brooks, but like for instance, pineapple on pizza, like <laughs> pineapple okay. on pizza is good, young man. Yes, <laughs> you are outvoted. I, I, I plant my flag as the contrarian. <laughs> I say this because I love trying new things. I love seeing things that you think may not have worked together. Um, and, and, and giving, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before the whole, like, I need to be an artist. Yeah. To a certain degree. Yes, you're right. Like artists need to be able to create directors need to be able to have their own visions. Writers need to have their own visions, like, but within a scope. And I don't think that there's anything in the geek realm that is worth planting a flag and saying, this is not changeable. You cannot fuck with this. Because then, like, it becomes stagnant. It dies. Star Trek is a perfect fucking example. 
I, I cannot stand the old school fans of Star Trek who say, I don't like the new narrative design of what Discovery is doing and what Picard is doing, where it's one big, long story. And it, it it's only telling one story and it's not like individual episodes. Okay, what you're missing here is technology has changed. And you now can do that. You know what you couldn't do back in the day? Do that with Star Trek. You had to have episodes of the week because not everybody could tune in and watch the entire season at one point. Because right now, even if they're airing them weekly, you could wait a month, two months, three months until they air, like all of the episodes have aired, and you can go back and watch the whole thing in order, specifically, at any point, because the internet is fucking amazing. But like... To say, well, my Star Trek is the uh, the villain of the week Star Trek. Like, cool. Keep watching old TV, because guess what else is on Netflix? A ton of old shit, too. But, like, it, it's, it makes you sound like such an angry old man all the time. When you're just like, damn these kids, get off my lawn. They're, they're, they're fucking everything up. Like, these kids got no respect, you know? They never put their phones down. Like, get over it. The world's going to change. Hey, hey, can I can I interject something? I promise I'll be real brief. And I just want to respond <laughs> to something that you asked uh, like about 20 minutes ago. And um, it was, do we really need to to recast some of these things? You know, and I think specifically you'd mentioned Rambo. And the answer is no. But here's the thing, because Hollywood gets accused all the time of uh, a lack of originality. And it's not that at all. I mean, there are plenty of original ideas out there, but what it is is that a lot of the time today, Hollywood producers are trying to minimize the likelihood that something isn't gonna be successful. And so what one of the ways that you can uh, increase the likelihood of something being successful is if you reboot or, um, you know, if you you know oh, yeah. bring somebody something that has been out that already has a pre-existing audience, so Brand you know they know. Yeah. Oh, if we take this thing and we just repurpose it, we have you know we that, that's what happened with RoboCop. You know, which is a good example that you mentioned. I mean, do they have to do it? Nah, but you know, it's 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 all part of that cash grab to, that's making them say, hey, what can we do, you know, to try and get your money. <laughs> no, which, is, which sucks. It is a business, you know, and like they have to do things like that makes sense business wise. And that and that's like, OK, we want to do a story about because um, ultimately that story in RoboCop, the, the new RoboCop is about two things. One, it's about the war on terror. Two, it's about like as Rambo pointed out with him being built in China, like the way things have changed since the original RoboCop was made. This is more contemporary. Like I'm all for that. Like it's that's what's frustrating though is that like you have so many people like back to the future is a perfect example um robert zemeckis has said on multiple occasions that he will never ever 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 do anything with back to the future ever again over my dead body i think his exact words were i used to agree with that don't fucking touch it don't mess with it don't tweak it leave it alone don't ever do it but now the older i get the more i'm like but why why not why not have a fun time travel thing that updates some of the things that are kind of outdated now because 2015 is way past and it wasn't what we thought it was going to be so like shoot it further into the future like do something different have a different i mean have uh, instead of marty it's marty's kid i mean well actually no they can't do that because then it looks exactly like michael j fox so fuck that won't work um <laughs> i forgot that they did that um there, there's so many things that they could do. And yes, I understand the brand recognition, but like think about all of those new movies that, that had nothing to tie to that are fantastic. I think of like Inception. Inception wasn't a comic book or a novel or anything like that first, was it? No. That was a, and that was why it was a big deal that it was as successful as it was because yeah. it was an original concept. And it was an original, you know, high concept sci-fi movie that did a lot of, you know, did really well uh, and kind of blew the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I love creativity. I love originality. I think that there's just so much out there. I mean, but the question becomes, is, is Hollywood inherently doing this because they're just like, well, that works. It's the old school mentality. Or are they doing that because, for the most part, they know that that will work because the audience doesn't want new stuff? I think that... 
I mean, Yuli said to best in terms of like it's it's the safest bet for the most part, or at least it seems to be. Um, and and to be clear, this is not a new concept. The Wizard of Oz is a remake. Like the idea that you know these these new approaches to things, like the 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 George Reed Superman was not the first Superman live at, like live action Superman. Like Kirk Allen originated the role. Uh, uh, of Superman in live action. It was it was a serial, not a uh, not a TV series, but like, come on, um, you know that that's really really early on. Um, like, well, hell, let's get somebody else. Um, and you know, ideally, the the new thing is going to do something interesting and original. It's going to stay on its own merit while also paying reverence to what came before. Um, and if it's just it, like the, the term cash grab always like gives me pause because literally everything is a cash grab in a capitalist society. Like it's, that's just how it works. Like <laughs> everyone, like everybody's standing just, in the money machine. Reaching just out. a cash grab. Yeah, I know because yeah. it's a business. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You, yeah. You, did you, did you bring like three goats and two gallons of milk? to the theater to come watch this movie. I don't know. You paid money. You used money to go and watch this movie. Got it. I understand now. Um, Will they and, accept oh, this currency though? Like in this new society post COVID? I mean, you really would have to talk to your, to your local theater. Um, AMC might have a thing about it. I honestly don't know. Um, but the, you know, and, and like, what do you get before every movie? 20 minutes of commercials for other movies. Um, it's it's about making money and ideally what's going to happen isn't going to be garbage it's not going to be something unpleasant um denny villeneuve is not wrong in in wanting the movie he made to be seen in a way that he wants it to be seen guys and artists i appreciate that i respect that but at the same time man you gotta have some degree of practicality you know, the, the 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 best and most successful kind of commercial artist is one that can acknowledge the commercial state of things. You have to understand that what is being done requires money. You know, it the, you, nobody showed up to work on that movie for free. It didn't happen. So, you know, this idea that they're going to have to change things up. Does it suck? Yeah, it does. But, uh... Them's the breaks, man. Like that's just how it goes. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's to anybody who acts as though the the media that we consume is so sacred that it can't be touched again, it can't be reworked. Um, I'd point you to the Bible. Like <laughs> this is not one book from one faith. <laughs> from one region of the world. Like, there have been multiple, like the Council of Nicaea existed. Like that was a thing where they went through and were like, this is canon, this is not. What do you mean? I don't understand. Some, like these are all books though. Shouldn't these all be put together? And like, you know, like it's just the idea that anything is so untouchable is just absurd. It's so silly and it's it's not the kind of silliness that serves us well, and that's really frustrating. I think the moral of the story here is, and this is something that we've talked about a lot, and it, just as a reminder for all of those out there listening, uh, it's important to have balance because you don't want to be on either end of the spectrum. You want to be somewhere in the middle. You don't want to be so caught up in your own art that you're like, if my vision won't exist, then then I can't have it. Like need to produce ultimately we've talked about that before too but on the flip side too you can't be so protective of things that you can't let new ideas be fostered it's it's vitally important that's how things grow honestly that's how franchises die think about this right other than the occasional like oh man i wish they would bring back firefly for another season like that franchise is pretty much dead 
you got you got the movie, you got the one season of the show, and then other than that, you have a couple people who will wear, you know, the the, the hat or like you know the the jacket or something like that. But like at the, in the end, that's what happens if you don't come up with new stuff and you just clamor for it to be brought back. It's not going to happen. And ultimately, like we should, it's why we created the group. You know, we, we want people to feel comfortable being able to talk about the things that they love without being shouted down by others and saying like, oh, well, this isn't the right version of this or this is wrong or this is bad. The only time that it's ever wrong or bad is if they take a, a franchise, an existing property, and they butcher it. So you take Star Trek. Star Trek is about exploration. It's about what humanity can accomplish when we all work together. When we put aside all of our petty bullshit differences, we put aside race, we put aside um, economic standing, we put aside um, sex, all of those things are put aside to do a greater good for humankind. You change that, that's no longer Star Trek. Same thing with Star Wars. What is Star Wars about? Hope, about overcoming um, fascist regimes. Like you, you change those things then they're no longer the same. That's the only time you should ever stand up and be like, hey, this isn't this isn't right. Which is why like when people complain about um Batman in the um in the in the Snyderverse, like, oh well he's shooting people with guns and murdering people. Yeah, I could see where that would be a complaint. Like <laughs> Batman, Batman doesn't kill, Batman doesn't use guns. I get that. Same thing with Superman. Superman doesn't kill. But like again, I, I understand that, but at the same time too, it's Again, it's a balancing act. On that note, I want to wrap this up. But before I wrap this up, I want to give two people an opportunity to talk about some stuff. First person I want to give is our illustrious guest, Mr. Ulysses Campbell. Tell us about what you got coming up on Fantastic Forum here on uh, on Saturday. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, we are going to be talking about the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And I've got a great panel, uh, including uh, the lovely Shireen Nicole. And um, we've also got... Uh, 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 who have I got? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Julian Lytle and we've got Roberto Ortiz. And uh, the four of us really go for it on that show. And uh, that is um, – and we really hit all the angles with this thing. But that's 4 p.m. Eastern time on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia and streaming via WERA.FM. And uh, if you miss it, you can always catch it on the podcast version. And in fact, we're going to be experimenting with something new with the podcast version because yeah, we we are. Are there's a lot more stuff that we record on these podcasts that ends up in the broadcast version on WERA. And so we're going to have expanded podcast content and you don't want to miss any of that. But um, that's not for the broadcast version tomorrow, uh, March 27th. That is for when the thing comes out as a podcast. So if you uh, check the podcast out, a lot of really great exclusive material just for you. So uh, thanks for letting me pitch that, Mike. Of course. You hear that? There's going to be a, uh, a Campbell cut a fantastic forum so <laughs> hashtag release the campbell cut um i also want to give a chance to mr mc brooks i know he's working on another episode of the overflow uh mr brooks if you please tell us a little bit about this next episode of the, the overflow you got coming up uh, well it's it's already completed it will it will be out either tomorrow or sunday and uh yeah i decided that it's about time after eight episodes of season two that we have a, a rather honest conversation about what's going on with Batwoman. And uh, if you're a fan of it, you probably don't want to listen to tomorrow's episode. <laughs> MC's out to hurt some feelings. Yeah. Or, or if you are a fan, listen and then send all <laughs> yeah, the hate mail. In fact, to... if you are a fan, you should listen so you can join us on the right side of history about, uh, <laughs> about, about decisions that have been made uh you know, with this show and the the direction that they're that they've chosen to take, and uh, yeah, that that's all that's all I'll say. Just listen. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely make sure you check out Fantastic Forum tomorrow at 4 p.m. on WERA.FM. Uh, make sure you check out the Overflow. That'll be coming up this week as well. Um, 
thank you so much for listening to what we have to say here uh, at the diner on the Great Geek Refuge podcasting network, as it were. Uh, seriously, we do appreciate it. We really do. We love that there are people that want to hear uh, a bunch of nerds talk about dumb shit. And we appreciate that you continue to share and listen and patronize our website, which always sounds bad. Uh, that you, Wendy's used to have that written on their tables. Thank you for patronizing our establishment. And I was like, does that mean making fun of them? Like, <laughs> always, always throws me off. One of those dual meaning words, man. Pretty great. At any rate, um, big thanks to MC Brooks. Big thanks to James Rambo, to Ulysses Campbell. For all of our writers and contributors out there, we appreciate you as well. For all of our listeners and subscribers, we appreciate you as well. Check out our t-shirt site. It is on Teespring, teespring.com. Just search Great Geek Refuge or GGR. You'll find some of our great hoodies and t-shirts that we have there as well. For everybody here at the Great Geek Refuge, my name is Michael Lunsford. And remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!